All right, welcome today. We're in the Romans survey class number four. We'll be reading chapter number four. Familiarize you with the scripture. Have very little commentary in these survey classes. Without any delay, let's get into Romans chapter four today. What shall we say then that Abraham our father as pertaining to the flesh hath found? For if Abraham were justified by works, he hath whereof to glory, but not before God. For what saith the scripture? Abraham believed God, and it, the belief of Abraham, it was counted unto him for righteousness. Now the first verse, he says, what shall we say then that Abraham our father, as pertaining to the flesh, hath found? And he says, uh, verse number two, for if Abraham were justified by works, he hath whereof to glory, but not before God. So this is what Abraham has learned about the flesh. Abraham learned that if he was justified in doing a thing, it was certainly a good thing. He could certainly glory in it, but that didn't give him the right to glory before God. If you do, if you do something that is worthy of doing, something that you're justified in doing, if you should stop drinking, if you should start witnessing, if you should start studying the scripture, if you started studying the scripture, there is certainly justification for you reading the scripture. It is something that you've done that you're justified in doing. If you take another man's life, you're not justified in that. If you take another man's uh, uh, car, if you steal his house or if you steal his person, whatever the case might be, there's no justification for doing that. If you do an evil deed, you're not justifying. There's no good reason. There's no justifying reason for you to do such a thing. Well, Abraham found out that if he'd done a good work that he was justified in doing, he he does, he hath whereof to glory. He does have a reason to glory. I'm glad I stopped doing this. I'm glad I start, uh, started doing that. Uh, it was a great thing. It added to my life. It added to the fullness of my life. It added to the uh, to the advantage of my life to start doing this or to stop doing that. This was a good work. I had good reason to do it. That's what the word justified means. For if Abraham were justified by works, he hath whereof to glory, but not before God. I can't say, now God, you got to let me into heaven. I'm as good as you because I did this or because I did not do that. The uh, Romans chapter 2 and chapter 3 has has taught us that thus far and so chapter 4 this first paragraph is summing those things up we may have uh, good works we may have good deeds we may have uh, been doing bad works or bad deeds and stopped doing those things but the the doing or the not doing of things does not justify us with God there's only one thing that can justify a fallen sinful man with God and that is faith for what saith the scripture Abraham believed God and it was counted unto him for righteousness when a man believes on Jesus Christ Jesus Christ gives him imputes to him look up the word in the dictionary impute God gives him his righteousness verse number five but to him that worketh not but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly his faith is counted for righteousness. And faith is the justifying factor for an ungodly man. In chapter 5, we'll learn that Christ died for the ungodly. 
for when we were yet without strength in due time Christ died for the ungodly. But God commendeth his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners Christ died for us. So a belief in that, uh, faith in hearing that message is what prompts Christ to impute to you, to give to you his righteousness. And that is the righteousness that will seal a man's soul. That is the righteousness that that instigates the Holy Spirit moving into you, uh, to your life, sealing you with his spirit, sealing your soul and your spirit uh, with his uh, your soul and your spirit with his spirit. Ephesians chapter one, verse 13 and 14. But to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. Now that faith without works uh, is not a lifelong state of being. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2, it says that for by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. But the the next verse, those two verses that I just quoted, agreeing with what we're talking about here, the the next verse says that uh, we are created in Christ Jesus unto good works. So the salvation is not from good works. Salvation is not by good works, but salvation produces good works. When Christ saves you and imputes his righteousness unto you, then that produces a life that should be disciplined and should be full of good works. Ephesians chapter 2. So you can look look at that there. Even as David also describeth the blessedness of the man unto whom God imputeth righteousness without works, saying, Blessed are they whose iniquities are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sin. Cometh this blessedness upon the circumcision only? Or upon the uncircumcision also. For we say that faith was reckoned to Abraham for righteousness. How was it then reckoned when he was in circumcision or in uncircumcision? Not in circumcision, but in uncircumcision. In other words, he's saying when when God presented himself to Abraham and Abraham believed God and God gave him his righteousness, was he circumcised already or was he uncircumcised and the answer is that he was uncircumcised his faith was effective before he was circumcised matter of fact the circumcision was given after that faith and it was given after the righteousness was imputed to be a a sign between him and God that that transaction had taken place it is Ephesians chapter number one where he says that after you heard the word of truth you were sealed with that holy spirit of promise and that wasn't a complete um, quotation of that chapter but in chapter number one verse 12 13 and 14 it tells you that you were preached you had the gospel preached to you you heard it you believed it uh, once you believed it after you believed it you were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. So this is the same transaction as was with Abraham. He believed God. God gave him his righteousness. And then he gave him that sign of circumcision. So this Old Testament way of God dealing with Abraham is a picture of a New Testament uh, dealing. It's a, it's a 
type and a picture of God dealing with you in the New Testament. What was done to Abraham physically is done for you spiritually. All right, let's move on. How was it then reckoned when he was in circumcision or in uncircumcision? Not in circumcision, but in uncircumcision. And he received the sign of circumcision, a seal of the righteousness of the faith which he had, yet being uncircumcised, that he might be the father of all them that believe, though they be not circumcised, that righteousness might be imputed unto them also. That's why in verse number one, speaking to the church, he calls Abraham our father which is very interesting uh, concept for uh, people who Jesus said should not call any man on earth their father. He says, And the father of circumcision to them who are not of the circumcision only, but who also walk in the steps of the faith of our father Abraham, which he had being yet uncircumcised. For the promise that he should be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. For if they which are of the law be heirs, faith is made void, and the promise made of none effect. Because the law worketh wrath, for where no law is, there is no transgression. Therefore it is of faith that it might be by grace, to the end the promise might be sure to all the seed. Not to that only which is of the law, but to that also which is of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations. Before him whom he believed, even God, who quickeneth the dead, and calleth those things which are not righteous, as though they were righteous. I realize that I added those words in, but that is the, that is the voice of the Scripture. That is the teaching of the Scripture. He's telling you that through faith, he's calling something that is not righteous, to be righteous. He is imputing the righteousness of Christ who died on the cross for you unto you and is seeing you as his son and not as sinful Adam or sinful man. Verse number 18, who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations according to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead when he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving God the glory. And being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able also to perform. And therefore it was imputed unto him for righteousness. Now it was not written for his sake alone, that it was imputed to him, but for us also, Ephesians chapter 1, to whom it shall be imputed, if we believe on him that raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead, who was delivered for our offenses and was raised again for our justification. The justification comes by faith. All right, we'll see you next time.